Mike check one two one two. Mike check one two one two. We back. We back for another episode. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host Derek Silver, and we back. Back for another episode. Yes, indeed. Another week has ended. Another week is about to begin. Let's go. Yes, indeed. It's Ace to Consider Podcast. We are back for another episode. Let's go. to consider podcast yes indeed say to consider podcast Sticking to the podcast. Happy birthday and rest in peace to the legend, the greatest, Marvin Gaye. Let's go. Let's go.
Taste sick and sit a podcast. Taste sick and sit a Hey, Sick and Sitter Podcast. Yes, indeed. We are back for another episode. That was Marvin Gaye. Got to give it up. Of course, I had to play some Marvin Gaye today. Today would have been his birthday. Yes, indeed. Crazy thing. Uh, yesterday was his... Um, yesterday was the anniversary of Marvin Gaye's death, April Fool's Day. And I remember all the time I used to ask my parents about that day. I was like, uh, what happened that day? Like when y'all got the news and stuff, did y'all believe it? And my parents, they just kept saying, no, nah, we didn't believe it. We thought it was a joke. Um, yeah, crazy. Um, his, the anniversary of his death was yesterday, April 1st, April Fool's Day. And his birthday is today april 2nd crazy and um yeah uh rest in peace to one of the greatest shoot um i consider him the greatest singer of all time that's just my opinion hey <laughs> but we back for another episode ah it feels good to be back yes indeed here with you on a Saturday evening. I'm recording a little earlier than usual on Saturdays because my North Carolina Tar Heels play tonight in the NCAA tournament, the Final Four against the Duke Blue Devils. So I want to finish, excuse me, damn, burp number one already. I've been pre-gaming for a minute. Yeah, so... They're going to be playing the Blue, the Duke Blue Devils tonight. So, yeah, um, we'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> Carolina did beat them um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, hopefully we get the same outcome because I would love to see my Tar Heels in the, champ the national championship this year because – my um Redskins slash commanders ain't doing that didn't do nothing this previous season. And the Wizards, the Washington Wizards have just been eliminated from the playoffs. So um I'm a homer. The reason I 
I love Carolina so much is because my my folks and shit, all of my family are from North Carolina, so that was just passed down on to me. Um, as far as the NBA, I never really like. I was a Michael Jordan fan. I was a Bulls fan back in the day because my dad was, because my dad loved Michael Jordan because he played for Carolina, et cetera, et cetera. But once Jordan left the Bulls, I mean, it wasn't. I wasn't really a Bulls fan after that, so I just stuck with the hometown, you know, the hometown team, which was the Bullets at the time, Washington Bullets. <laughs> now they're the Washington Wizards and – but honestly, I really don't care too much about the NBA like that no more. Um, I don't really pay attention to the NBA until the playoff time. Um, but I'm a I'm a diehard Redskin fan, as you can see on the YouTube. You can see the uh, the guy that's always in the chair next to me <laughs> with the, with his Redskin jacket on, the coach, the coach bear. So um, yeah. So hopefully. My Tar Heels pull it out tonight and get to the national championship. But even if they don't, it was a great season that they had because a lot of people didn't expect them to even get to the Final Four. Shit, they was an eighth seed in the in the NCAA tournament. And they climbed all the way to the Final Four, and now they facing Duke. Honestly, like, I'm kind of like uh, – playing both sides of it because I feel like, you know, I feel like a lot of a lot of times sports is is um a lot of the things that go on in sports is not automatically real. I feel like a lot of times they be playing storylines and narratives and stuff like that. So, I kind of feel like that Duke is going to win tonight just for the simple fact that Duke's coach, Coach K is is retiring this season. So I feel like that Duke is going to win tonight. And just the fact that North Carolina won recently against Duke in the in uh, Coach K's last home game, that, you know what I'm saying, they playing narratives. So, you know what I'm saying, that's the conspiracy theory in me. And, and then you got the regular fandom in me that's like, you know what I'm saying, come on, Carolina, let's win. But I feel like, you know what I'm saying, I wouldn't be surprised if Duke won because, you know what I'm saying, they playing that narrative. It's Coach K's last season, so, you know, they, for some reason, you know, they love Coach K so much, and it is what it is. But we back for another episode, a taste to consider podcast, the podcast of many tastes. Yes. I appreciate everybody who uh, hit me up, gave me feedback from the last episode, Dating Games Part 3. Um, this is the last dating games right here. <laughs> I wanted to stop it at three, but I still had so much stuff left. But like I said, it's always going to be topics and posts and videos and clips and shit of stuff that got to do with dating. But I was like, let me at least finish it off the, with the stuff that I had. So I'm going to do that this evening, this episode, this recording. So we're here. Dating Games Part 4. I don't know exactly if I'm going to just keep it at Dating Games Part 4, if I'm going to do Dating Games, the finale, or I'm going to do whatever, <laughs> whatever title I got. So let's start with what I'm drinking and what I'm smoking. This episode, I had the pleasure of being able to purchase a black-owned alcoholic 
beverage. And this um, bottle that I uh, got is uh, a bourbon whiskey, uh, Kentucky bourbon whiskey. And this actual uh, company is a black-owned company. They're the first uh, African-American, you know, that's the title that they use on their website. First African-American uh, bourbon whiskey in Kentucky. And it's called Bro, Bro Brothers. But it is spelled B-R-O-U-G-H, Brothers, Bro Brothers. I went to their website and uh, checked them out and everything. And their last name is Yarbro. Yarbro. So it's Bro Brothers. Bro yeah. <laughs> but um I like the bottle is is a regular bottle. Um not to really judge on a bottle, but I like the the little print and the logo that they have for it. It's three brothers and um this is their their company, Bro Brothers. And um, it's a good it's a good bourbon whiskey. I enjoy it. It goes good with the cigar that I purchased today. Um, yeah, so check them out. It's called Bro Brothers Bourbon Whiskey. B R O U G H Brothers Bourbon Whiskey is um forty one percent alcohol volume, eighty two proof. And um, on the back of the bottle it says it will be a matter of time before. The Louisville, Kentucky-born Yarbrough brothers would make their mark on the world. Starting from humble beginnings in Louisville's West End, we learned early about hard work and dedication. We took those lessons and traveled the globe. Learning from our life experiences, we wanted to find a way to make a positive and lasting impact on both our local and global communities. So the Yarbrough brothers returned home to their roots and decided to create Bro Brothers. Bro Brother Spurs are crafted with love from the finest ingredients. Please join us on this journey. And they have a website. They're on Instagram. Um, it's brobrothers.com. And on Instagram, same thing, Bro Brothers. So um, check them out. Um, I hope to uh, bring some more black-owned uh, whiskeys and bourbons and alcoholic beverages, whether they're wine, beer, whatever. So I will be doing that soon. Um, yeah, so... It's a good drink. Um, it's not too strong. It's uh, got a smooth taste to it. Actually, um, while I was pre-gaming, I had two glasses. This is my third glass right now while I'm recording. I actually thought that this was going to be a... Uh, <clears throat> I thought this was going to be a repeat of Too Fast. No, I said Too Fast. Too Lit, Too Fast episode, but... I'm good. Um, yeah, so the cigar that I'm smoking is a Tabac Especion. <laughs> Drew Estate. Um, the rapper says uh, Corona Negra. But the uh, the the brand is Tabac Especion. T-A-B-A-K. Tabac. Especion. E S P E C I A L. Especion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I went to go pick out a cigar today, I picked up two cigars, but um this one stood out to me because of the the smell that I got from it when I was um 
when I was looking for a cigar. It had a, a nice smell to it, a nice chocolatey smell to it. So, and it has a it has a a sweet chocolatey taste to it. So it's a good cigar. I like it. So I'm gonna try it again. This particular cigar that I actually picked up, um, what I think it was kind of sometimes you got to be careful when you're picking out cigars and when you go to certain cigar places because their humidity doesn't isn't that good in in their um humid humididor yeah <laughs> humididor so sometimes you got to be careful and look at them i didn't i didn't look at this one too well i smelled it it had a good smell to it so i just ran with it but i should have looked at it a little bit more because um the humidity um, on this cigar wasn't that good. So I, I during the process of me pre-gaming and stuff, I had to light it several times. So um, this one was probably like an older one and the humidity wasn't that good. And it wasn't it wasn't balanced enough because sometimes you can get cigars that are too that got too much moisture in them. And then you can get cigars that are too dry that burn a little fast. And then if it's a. Uh, got too much moisture to it then it'll it'll go out a little quicker so this one go got a little bit too moisture too much moisture to it and it's going out a little quicker because i've had to uh relight this one several times but it got a good taste to it it's not strong um like i said it got a chocolatey taste to it so it's a good cigar for anybody for like a um a beginner um a lady because i know a lot of uh ladies uh um they aren't too sure about smoking cigars or whatever, but this one is a good cigar to try for first timers. Yeah, so that's a good cigar. Check out. I'm a uh, I'm gonna try it again. I'm gonna go back in and uh, find one that got a little bit more uh, humidity to it. So. That it won't burn out too fast, and maybe the flavor would will be a little bit different. So, yeah. So we back back for another episode. Let me um unlock my phone and get these topics together. That's burp number two. Whew. Yeah. So that's burp number three sorry man this for all the first time listeners and stuff like that this this is what happens on the taste to consider podcast when you start drinking and smoking that though those burps start coming up and stuff so but yeah we back once again happy birthday to marvin gay um this episode I don't really have too much for my other segments, the blackity black woke segment and the movie and TVs, but I'm going to run through some quick stuff with that. Um, with the blackity black woke segment, like I said, I ain't got too much shit, but <laughs> what I do have is once again, the United States government is giving money to the Ukrainian government and nothing for the people in this country once again so 500 million dollars was given to the ukrainian government from y'all's president president biden white house says 
President Biden informed President Zelensky that the United States intends to provide the Ukrainian government with $500 million in direct budgetary aid. Yeah, there you go. Also, this week, um, <laughs> what else? How much money else? How much more money did they give to him? The Pentagon announces additional. Damn, my phone dropped. My microphone about to fall. Hold on, let me get this microphone straight. Let me get this joint straight real quick. This ain't got nothing to do with me uh, pre-gaming, though. I, I promise you that. All right, let me tighten this microphone on the table. Let me pick back up the phone. Here we go. Okay. The Pentagon announces an an additional $300 million in aid to Ukraine. The Biden administration has now provided more than $2.3 billion to Ukraine amid the Russian invasion. Yes, indeed. So when they talk about this shit about the, the United States government, President Biden, all them motherfuckers, that's part of his administration say that they ain't got no money for no other shit. They fucking lying. They got money for their interests, and their interests are all that shit that got to do with Ukraine and whatever agendas that they got going on over here, the LGBTQ agendas, um, the big business agendas, the pharmaceutical agendas, the juice agendas. If you don't know what I'm talking about when I say juice, think about it. Yes, the juice agendas. So moving along from the Blackity Black Woke segment, we're going to get to the movie and TV reviews. Movie and TV reviews. I didn't watch too much uh, new stuff this week. I did watch, finally, I watched the Kanye documentary, but I'm going to save that for another episode. I actually watched it twice already. The three episodes that's on Netflix, I watched those twice already, but I will watch it a third time, and then I will bring it doing another episode, but not this episode. So, one of the new things that I did watch this week was a show on the Peacock app. The Peacock Network called Bust Down. It's a black show, black casted show. I'm not sure if it's a black writer or black director or whatever. I didn't look all that stuff up yet because I'm just I'm only on like episode two. But I did want to bring attention to the to this show because I enjoy the show with the two episodes that I've watched so far. This show is pretty funny. It's goofy funny. So um, check the show out. It's called Bust Down. It's on the Peacock Network. Let me look up the uh, synopsis of the show so I can give you a better, more accurate description of the show. Um, because sometimes when you watch these shows, it's kind of hard to explain <laughs> exactly what what these shows are about. So it says uh, Bust Down. Uh, an edgy comedy about four friends working at the Diamondback Casino in Gary, Indiana. As they navigate obstacles and opportunities in and out of the workplace, including bosses who violate boundaries, climbing a, ver a very short corporate ladder, and witnessing domestic disputes. And I gotta say, man, this show is as goofy, funny as shit. Like, the, the second episode had me rolling. And, um... I'm trying to think if there's like any um, known actors or anything like that. 
The only person that I recognized off jump from this show was uh, Freddie Gibbs. Freddie Gibbs, the rapper. He is part of the show. And, um, yeah, so that's probably the only person I recognized off jump. It's another actor that I recognize. His name is Langston Kerman. And his his character name on the show is called Langston. But, yeah, um, I recognize him. He's a he's an American actor, writer, and comedian. Um, but I recognize him from other stuff. So yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good show. It's a funny show, goofy ass show. So um yeah. <laughs> so I know everybody is 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 been like from the from the last time that I recorded, when the last time I recorded was Sunday uh afternoon. And we last Sunday afternoon, and we all know what happened that night <laughs> at the uh, the the Oscars. I always be getting them shits confused, the Oscars and Grammys. I don't know why I be getting them confused, but I get them confused. <laughs> but we all know what happened at the Oscars. Uh, the infamous slap. And I got to be honest, like, doing... From the time that that shit happened and from now, I've been going back and forth with if I was going to comment on it or not. Because honestly, by the second day, by Monday, I was tired of hearing about it. People asking me my opinions about it. People hitting me up saying, are you going to talk about it on your podcast? Like, I was just done with it. Like, I didn't even want to give it too much of my energy, honestly. Like, the energy that I gave it was when it actually happened and I saw that shit on social media, cause I wasn't watching it, but when I saw it on social media, then of course I saw it on Twitter and then everybody reacting. So I started reacting too. So I got caught up into the energy of it. But after that, I was just like, man, I ain't, I ain't, I'm not doing no more of this shit because from all the shit that I seen on social media, man, like the moral high ground of people, like people were just like people, I, I swear, man, like, people think they are so fucking perfect, man. And I'm not condoning violence or anything. Like, I've talked about on this podcast plenty of times in my younger my younger days, in my early 20s, and um, my, my uh, even in my late 20s, like, you know what I'm saying? I was a hothead, and I was always getting into situations or had a had a uh, a quick temper and stuff like that. But, man, it just annoys me, like, how this cancel culture shit and how people just act like they so fucking perfect, man. And I ain't condoning violence. I ain't condoning any type of, type of physical abuse, verbal abuse, nothing. Like, the way I feel about the situation is both them, both of them was wrong. You know what I'm saying? And they was wrong in their own way. And the way the way I feel about it is I feel sorry for both of them. I feel sorry for the whole situation, Perry. But what annoyed me a lot was a lot of the people acting like, you know what I'm saying, that they are so perfect. The way that they was criticizing either or party based on their biases or who they who who they were a fan of and stuff and, and all that other stuff. I'm just like, man. This shit is stupid, man. This shit is fucking stupid, honestly. And it was just, it was annoying me because I'm just like, 
people just act like they ain't never did anything they ain't never gone through anything but that was also the indicator for me that the people that were acting certain ways and stuff like that and had certain biases that for one the people who had their biases that was just that was just too evident like you had your Chris Rock fans you had your Will Smith fans you had your Jada Pinkett fans and they all had their biases on the situation I was of the the thoughts of everything or my feelings on everything is that everybody in here played a role because when it comes down to it every situation that everybody that every person is involved in everybody plays a role in it Yes, some is greater than other, but everybody plays a role in it. And I feel like Chris Rock played a role in it, Will Smith played a role in it, Jada Pinker played a role in it. And it just wasn't that that absolute moment that everything happened. You know what I'm saying? There's build-ups to things, you know what I'm saying? There's things that people hold on to, traumas on all sides, um, how people try to control people, manipulate people, um all that all that stuff you know what i'm saying holding boundaries all that all that shit is mixed in there but it just kills me how people just act like they so fucking perfect yeah that shit that shit kills me but i you know what i'm saying i wish the whole shit didn't happen like if i was in that situation um I've talked about this plenty of times before how like this is just a thing with black people with our culture that we we always uh, tend to um, joke about stuff at the expense of other people. And that just saying that I just don't see that as cool, especially if you if you claim to be friends with somebody or acquaintances or whatever, like we always try to we always be. um joking at other people's expenses and stuff like that whether it's um it's good or bad and it's just like i just feel like you just got to understand people you have to be open to what's going on with people before you take it to that level of joking and stuff and of course i'm 40 years old so i've seen plenty of comedians and stuff like that i've seen the best of comedians so i understand that they're going to joke and and clown people and joan on people, whatever you want to call it. So I get that. So, you know what I'm saying? I understand that. But I don't condone, you know what I'm saying, openly being violent with somebody, you know what I'm saying? Because if I was Will in that situation, I would have had a conversation with Chris Rock behind the scenes. It wouldn't have been no openly slap or whatever. But then the the conspiracy theory side of me saying that this whole shit was fake it was staged and all this other stuff but just taking out the context of you know what i'm saying the celebrity aspect or whatever and just being a, a normal human being and not to say that these celebrities and stuff aren't human beings because i think this is a teachable moment for us to understand that these celebrities and stuff are humans they have feelings they have emotions and um you know what I'm saying? You you have to be more self-aware of the moment and how things are going and stuff like that. And just being aware of your peers and your friends, so-called friends or whatever, that's a whole other conversation. You got to be aware of what, what's going on with them personally. 
Um, but you don't have to be responsible for it because when you come down to it, like um, just speaking on the will aspect of it, he chose to react the way he reacted. You know what I'm saying? But I just don't understand how people are just acting so fucking perfect, man. This shit is this, this shit is annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> but we on the the part four of dating games, right? And I've talked about so much about partnerships and working together and um, being connected and being, you know what I'm saying, understanding your partner, their triggers and all that other good stuff, boundaries and stuff like that. And just me um, knowing uh, certain things about Will Smith based off of the documentary that I told you that I watched on YouTube that he had the best shape of my life documentary. I have his, uh, his book that he, uh, was writing in the midst of that documentary. I have the book. Um, I suppose I started reading it Monday. I've had it for a while, but I don't condone, but I understand. I understand. I'm giving, I'm giving him grace. I'm giving Chris Rock grace. I'm giving Jada Pink grace. But in the whole um, scope of partnerships and, you know, caring about your your partner and working together with them and, you know what I'm saying, all that good stuff, I kind of feel like Jada Pinkett dropped the ball in all of this. And this was like a buildup and everything. And I don't want to go too deep into all of this stuff. Um, but I feel like Will was, you know what I'm saying, dealing with a lot of stuff that um, – from his childhood, he was dealing with a lot of stuff that's been going on in the media. Excuse me, burp number four. A lot of stuff that has been heavy on his his shoulders, heavy on his heart when it comes to his childhood, when it comes to um, media and the public and stuff like that, talking about his his uh re- his relationship or his partnership with Jada and stuff like that, the stuff that he did on uh Red Table Talk with the the entanglement situation and stuff like that, and I kind of feel like Chris Rock wasn't necessarily the um the main focus of the slap or the the reaction so to speak. I feel like he was kind of the sacrificial lamb, even though you know a lot of stuff has been coming up coming out about 2016 when Chris Rock hosted the uh the Oscars and the joke that he made about um Jada Pinkett and stuff like that. So I understand there's some history to it. Um but I kind of feel like, you know what I'm saying, just speaking on what has been been the past couple of episodes about partnership and and stuff. I f- kind of feel like, you know what I'm saying, this honestly, this is how I felt period um over the years that i feel like him and jada just ain't ain't the good parent they not a good it's not a good partnership you know what i'm saying because i feel like jada pinkett is kind of toxic for will smith i kind of feel like you know what i'm saying the stuff that and i'm not speaking to you know what i'm saying i'm not a uh mental health professional or anything like that or I'm just going off of based off of what I've observed and my personal experiences and stuff like that. But 
I kind of feel like Jada Pinkett ain't the right person for him. I feel like she she kind of brings out the talk the 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 talk toxic aspect of Will Smith. You know what I'm saying? I kind of feel like um she has a lot of insecurity. She has a lot of um she can be I feel like she can be very manipulative and stuff like that. And this is what pushed Will in the put Will in these situations. We all heard the rumors about Will and Jaden and they open marriage for years. You know what I'm saying? And they both been doing their thing and all this other stuff. They had their agreements and their arrangements on how they going to do things. But I, you know what I'm saying? But Jada stepped across the line when she, um, and this is not me trying to blame black women or anything like that. So don't even think that I'm solely talking about this situation. But I kind of feel like, you know what I'm saying? Once that entanglement situation happened with August and all this other stuff that it went, it went, against their agreement their arrangement if they really actually had an open marriage and stuff like that and when will went on red table talk and all this other stuff that he was further emasculated and if you seen it you saw he was crying and all this other stuff so just like compounding on to him doing his documentary on youtube and stuff will is going through a lot of emotional, de- mo- mental and emotional distress. And he hasn't been handling it properly, which is an evident sign of a lot of black males out here and how they conduct themselves in public when it comes to reacting and their anger and stuff. And I am a testament to that. Like in my, like I said, in my early 20s and stuff, like I was a hothead. I was always angry, always getting into fights and stuff like that. And it had me going back and thinking like uh, certain moments when I was getting into these situations and how my significant other at the time, she wasn't just allowing me to, to be a hothead and go do these things, you know what I'm saying, when she was around and stuff, she was stopping me. And I think that's a big thing about being in a partnership when, you know what I'm saying, you don't want to see your man in the fight. You don't want to see your woman in the fight. So you're going to hold them off or whatever. But if you, if, if you like being, if you're a woman or a man and you in this mode of being so stuck in your ego and your pride or you got some narcissistic tendencies and stuff like that, then you feed off of that type of negative energy. And I feel like that's what Jada does. She feeds off of that negative energy. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like if she was really a a, a partner to Will or, and they had a healthy partnership, once she saw Will walking up to that stage, she would have stopped him. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been, in, like I said, I've been in plenty of situations where I've been a hothead. I've been about to get into fights or arguments or whatever. And... My partner in that moment stopped me. You know what I'm saying? And even when it, when she couldn't control me, you know what I'm saying? She got mad at me. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to face some consequences for, you know what I'm saying, being an asshole or reacting in the wrong manner or not being able to control myself. So... I kind of feel like, you know what I'm saying, this this has been my my thought process over the past couple of years that Jada Pinkett isn't the right person for Will. And 
just me watching Will's uh, documentary on YouTube and stuff like that. Will likes to mask a lot of stuff that he goes through and he masks it. And I talked about this a couple of episodes. Uh, I think it was Heartbreak Hotel. Um, how Will, he likes to mask a lot of his his trauma and the pain and the sadness and stuff that he has within himself by being the perfect guy or the nice guy or the comedian or the funny guy and stuff like that. It is it is laid out throughout his whole um, documentary. And then I've seen plenty of people on uh, social media talk about his book. And like I said, I haven't started reading the book yet, but in that documentary, he was writing his book and he was documenting himself writing the book and all the things that he was going through. So I can get the gist of what was already in the book based off of that documentary. And I'm supposed to be reading uh, his book with my older brother. And I talked to my older brother today and he said he already read uh, three chapters so far. And he said he kind of he understands now, you know, what I'm saying why Will did what he did. And I tweeted out, you know, when all this stuff happened based off of me seeing the documentary that Will, he saw his mom get physically abused by his dad. And he was he was very hard on himself, still hard on himself to this day, based off of the fact that he didn't step up and protect his mom from 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 that abuse and i feel like all of this stuff is 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 weighing on him you know what i'm saying and i don't feel like you know what i'm saying jada pinkin is is probably the best partner for him to to get through that situation but will has a lot of work to do you know what i'm saying as a um will is an example of a lot of black men out here that don't try to mask their their uh, mental and emotional deficiencies and their struggles and stuff like that behind certain things, whether it's um, high-functioning anxiety, high-functioning depression, comedy, being the, the, the class clown, so to speak, and stuff like that. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I hate that this happened, period. But, you know what I'm saying? It happened, and we got to get through it. And I say we for the simple fact that so many people are still holding on. They they hold an attachment to this because people are still talking about this today. Honestly, like I'm trying to I'm getting away from it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it like it's annoying to me at this point. I feel like people are just being too fucking perfect out here and people are holding their bias the, you know what I'm saying? They got their fandom going on and they holding their biases of who they want to support in this bullshit, particularly in the black community. I feel like like all the shit that's going on right now in this in this world, in this country and what's going on with with, quote unquote, black people and all the, the quote unquote, black people are focusing on this other stuff. But I ain't even going to go into all that because we'll be going down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole. But, yeah, that's my take on it. <laughs> Let me move on. Um, uh, let me see. Yeah, this this particular uh, tweet that I came across that I saved for this particular purpose, it says, men, we are supposed to protect our women, but a good woman is not going to put you in a situation that's avoidable where you could hurt or kill someone. 
She care about you more than that and value your life. I love good women, not loud and sloppy chicks. There is a huge difference. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, Jada Pinkett has put Will Smith in a lot of emasculated situations. You know what I'm saying? We don't fully know what their arrangement or their, their, you know what I'm saying, their agreement is on how they conduct their relationship. And I don't care to know. I don't, I honestly don't. Um, But it seems one-sided, you know what I'm saying, as far as the, the, um, how, how things are looking, you know what I'm saying? So I just, what a, I hope they get it, you know what I'm saying? That's their business and whatever, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, let me play this clip and this clip is very interesting that I came across it when I did because it, it features one of the, the people, the, the celebrities that, you know what I'm saying, that's part of all of this controversy lately. But I'm going to pause. I got to take a bathroom break. I wish I didn't have to take a bathroom break. So this is extra editing for me. But let me pause it, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. Um, all right, let me play this clip. But um, like I said, it, it features one of the celebrities that has to do with that controversy that I just talked about. But it also is a good clip to play for the whole um, dating game series. So let me pull this Joan up. People's oh, relationships are tough. No, they're not. They're only tough when one person's working on it. Two people can move a couch real easy. <laughs> One person can't move it at all. If you're in a relationship, let me, let, me, let me try to help you right now. Rule one, stop competing. Her success is your success, and your success is her success. Number two, there is no equality in a relationship. It's like, we equals, no you're not. You're both there to serve. You are in the service industry, okay? You're in a band. And when you're in a band, you have roles that you play in the band. Sometimes you sing lead, and sometimes you're on tambourine. And if you're on tambourine, play it right. Play it with a fucking smile. Because nobody wants to see a mad tambourine player. Yeah. And that was Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Um... But yeah, I thought it was relevant, and it's crazy because that I found that clip um, throughout the week. You know what I'm saying? Stuff just been popping up lately when it comes to Chris Rock or Will Smith or Jada Pinkett clips and all that other stuff. And then you had all these celebrities popping out with their two cents, and their two cents probably shouldn't have been put into the pot because they got their own skeletons in their closet, and now those cards was being pulled. And that's why I said, like, this more high ground that's going on is just crazy, man. People just need to just, like, you can have your opinion, but be careful with your opinion when you know you got shit in your closet as well. So, but yeah, I agree with that clip, you know what I'm saying? Stop this competing shit when it comes to partnerships or relationships whatever term you want to use you know what i'm saying and you really gotta be uh intentional about 
what you're doing when it comes to partnerships or relationships. So, one of the posts that uh, I had saved for this last episode was, um, would you date you? So, would you date you? Now, think about this. I'm asking, so on this episode, I'm asking myself, but ask yourself this as well. Would you date you? So, I'm going to start off by answering this question. Would I date myself? So, I'm going to start it this way. (laughs) Would I date myself? Physically, would I date myself? Hell yeah, I would date myself. (laughs) I'm a good-looking ass nigga. Yes, physically, I'm a good-looking ass nigga. I'm in shape. Um, I'm I'm attract. I'm very physically attractive. Um, I haven't always felt that way, but based off of my own insecurities, depression, and anxiety, social anxiety, all that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't always believe that, even though I knew it, but I didn't believe it. Even though I always got the attention and all that other stuff, I still get the attention to this day. Yeah. Uh, physically, yes, I would date myself. You know what I'm saying? That's usually where people start the phys- physical attraction and stuff like that. Physically, yes, I would date myself. Sometimes, uh, I mean, <laughs> sometimes I look in the mirror, I'll be like, damn, you're a sexy ass nigga. <laughs> but outside of physical, would I date myself? I do understand that everybody isn't for everybody. I understand that. And the things that I know that may turn certain people off, certain women off from me is uh, I could be I can be nonchalant. And it's not it's not me purposely being nonchalant. It is just that um as I've grown as I've um, gone through therapy and stuff like that, and me, and honestly, me, what I talked about last episode, finding out my human design and stuff like that, I'm more of a responder. You know what I'm saying? I respond to things that come to me, um, things that are presented to me and stuff like that. And when I go outside of that responding nature, I'm not living in my 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 true self. So it can come off when I'm living when I'm when I'm focused when I'm like living in my truth. Like when I'm really living in my truth, I'm more of a, you know what I'm saying, chill, have a good time, stuff like that. Excuse me. And I respond to what comes to me. I've never been a person who um chase chase a woman that's just something that i don't do and that can go in 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 a couple of ways uh one that can go off of you know what i'm saying my personality my human design that you know what i'm saying naturally i've never been the person to just chase somebody who chase a woman and and do all this other stuff i've always been the person who um i respond to reciprocation you know what i'm saying if i if i already let let it be known how I feel, what I want and stuff like that. And if it isn't reciprocated back to me, then it's just going to be whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's not me purposely doing it or being petty or anything like that. But 
you know what I'm saying, once you choose to respond or whatever, then I'll I'll make a decision after that. And I know that turns some a lot of people off, you know what I'm saying? I've seen plenty of times on social media women talking about they don't like nonchalant dudes and all this other stuff like that. So I will be um, put in that category. But that's fine because, like I said, you know what I'm saying, I ain't for everybody, and everybody ain't for everybody. So, that you know what I'm saying, that's what it is. But what else? Um, let me see. Another thing that I talked about before on this podcast is, and most recently in the past couple of episodes was, um, I'm the type of person that I have been conditioned and stuck in to my habits based off of you know what I'm saying me having my struggles with depression in the past and what I still struggle with today as far as like anxiety or social anxiety more so social anxiety and like I'm really comfortable with just being in my own space and you know what I'm saying doing my own thing and and uh not pressing and and it's really is it's difficult for me to get myself out of my routine so i need i need that that boost or that help or that push you know what i'm saying to do certain things you know what i'm saying to get out the house or to to do certain things to do new things i'm not closed off to doing new things or being open to do to doing those things i just have to be introduced to those things so i kind of like need a need a uh, a woman in my life that you know what I'm saying introduces me to things or pushes me to do things and like that and it ain't it's not gonna be no crazy battle for them to do that you know what I'm saying just introduce it to me and I'll respond to it you see what I'm saying and that goes in part to like I said my human design as me being a manifesting generator and like I said I'll go into all that in, in another episode but I'm more of the person that I respond I'm better at responding to things as opposed to being a a natural um it's just you know what I'm saying just generating things you know what I'm saying even though if we want to take it from the aspect of the human design stuff like if I'm if I'm into something like using the this podcast for example you won't have to get you won't have to introduce nothing to me you know what i'm saying this is what i'm into the podcast you know what i'm saying i'm into my writing i'm into the mental health advocacy and stuff like that so you ain't got to do nothing to get me up and going you know what i'm saying that's just natural to me but in certain instances and when it comes to like dating and stuff like that and trying new things and stuff i'm all open for it but it just has to be introduced to me and then i will respond to it and I know that's not for everybody. You know, a lot of a lot of women, and just based off of what I've talked about these past three dating games episodes, a lot of women like guys to be um, total total alpha alphas, so to speak. And I, I definitely am an alpha, but you know what I'm saying? Just not in every aspect. I'm definitely a romantic. I love romance. If you listen to the podcast enough, you know I'm into romance by the songs I play, by the movies I talk about. So I'm definitely a romantic. But what I need is 
I need communication. I need, you know what I'm saying? I need that that uh intention. I need that intimacy. I need that connection going on. If I don't feel something is 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 there, if I don't feel that you have that same type of intensity or that same type of interest and stuff like that, I'm not gonna respond to you. You know what I'm saying? I'm just gonna wait till you introduce something and then I'll respond to you. But if I feel that reciprocation, if I feel that same want, that same need and stuff like that, or that same, you know what I'm saying, that same intensity, oh, I'm gonna give you the world. You know what I'm saying? That's just how I am. So yeah, would I date me? I would. You know what I'm saying? I would I definitely would date me. <laughs> Especially off the physical. I mean, and it's crazy because, like, in my younger days, like, even though I didn't have that confidence in myself, myself and stuff like that, I was always getting attention and, you know what I'm saying, always getting um, – I was always the person who had women coming to – I always had women coming to me. I was never the type of dude that was – that felt the need or was pressed to go after a woman because I always had women coming to me. And, yeah, but the older I've gotten, the more and more my confidence has been building, the more, you know what I'm saying, I've gone and, you know, I've been going through therapy and stuff like that. So my confidence is definitely much greater than it was when I was younger, but in the aspect of still being a responder and still you know what I'm saying, looking for that reciprocation and stuff like that, that shit ain't changed, you know what I'm saying, that's naturally me, and I'm not gonna wait, I'm not gonna waste my energy and my time on somebody who ain't feeling the same way, point blank and period, that's, that's stamped right there, you know what I'm saying, fuck that, because <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just, it's just too much out here that shows you that you don't have to be, put in all this this work particularly for a person who knows that they are physically attractive and who have seen that they don't have you know what i'm saying i've seen that i don't have to put in a, a lot of work to get a woman's attention or to be able to find somebody you know what i'm saying so yeah i know that question can be answered differently for each and everybody but people need to question themselves off of that and this next clip that i'm about to play proves that so let me pull this joint up and i hope nobody gets triggered by it but hey it is what it is it came together like this <laughs> so here's the taste of it was basically i realized today that i have nothing to offer a man nothing and I feel like it took, number one, it took me uh, 32 years to realize it because I just found that out today. So I was today years old when I realized it. And then um, it took me a lot of pride swallowing to be able to admit it. Um, I'm going to tell you why I feel the way I feel. This is not based off anyone else. This is only based off myself. But I just wanted to share it just in case it may help somebody else. I feel like I don't have anything to offer to a man because a man asked me what I had to offer him. And it was the way he asked that made me realize that I don't. He simply stated, I realize that you're single, but tell me what would I benefit from having you as my woman. Now, outside of the basics, like, oh, I look nice, I can cook, I work, I didn't have nothing else to offer. 
And the reason I realized that I didn't is because I got to thinking about myself. And all I've been doing for oh so many years is just working and taking care of kids. I don't know necessarily what I'm into. So there, there goes hobbies. I'm not necessarily sure my feminine level of energy because majority of my relationships, I wore the pants. Mm. So how can you... As a woman, offer to be a woman to a man if you've never fully been a woman. And let me stop it right here because I don't want to miss this part. For first thing she said was, you know, she's just been so focused on working and raising kids that she don't know anything about her hobbies or anything. So that's key right there. And this ain't got nothing to do with just the woman side of things. This goes for both man and woman. And like I've talked about myself, the testament of, you know, what I'm saying being a person that has to be introduced to certain things. And, you know, what I'm saying and I talked about it in the past episodes of how I've just been so focused on my purpose, being so focused on my job and money and stuff like that, that I wasn't really in touch with who I was as a man and the things that I like and being in touch with my inner child and stuff like that and this is something that me and my my uh black woman therapist had worked on at a time me focusing on what i like going out and doing things by myself you know what i'm saying so i can be more uh um in tune with myself you know what i'm saying and not so focused on what society is saying and what the world is saying and what social media is saying and all that other stuff. But what she also said is, is that, you know what I'm saying? I talked about this last episode and I put a clip of it up on a taste to consider podcast on Instagram and on my main, my main page on Instagram about the masculine women trying to protect themselves by living in their masculine energy. And you see, she talked about this. She always had to wear the pants in her relationships. She's saying she always had to, but did she really? Or was she just protecting herself? So let me finish off the clip. I am a woman because I'm a female, but I'm talking about, like, actually be a woman. Like, See what I'm saying? And you remember what I said on last episode, like, you can be a woman all day physically. But are you living in your feminine energy? Are you living in that feminine essence, that feminine aura? You know what I'm saying? Because ain't no dude out here really want to be with no woman who's acting like like a man. You know what I'm saying? All into her masculine energy. Yeah, he would still be interested in her physically because physically she is a woman. And he would just be concerned about trying to hit and putting that pressure on with trying to hit. But as far as being in a partnership or a relationship, whatever term you want to use, is he really trying to be with you? To a man. I've never experienced that, so I don't know what that feels like. So I can't honestly say that I have anything to offer as far as a woman outside of just being a woman. So that means all I really do have to offer is some pussy because I'm a woman and we have. Here we go. What I just say. All she has to offer is some pussy. Because why? Because even though she's physically a woman, she's living in that masculine energy. So all... The guys that she's attracting, all they thinking about is trying to get some A's. That's really not enough. I can't honestly say I can I can offer you a nurturing environment because I'm too frustrated about the. What I say <laughs> last episode. 
guys want to be in that they want that feminine energy you know what i'm saying it's not that they trying to find their mother we always be trying to put these cliches in this shit out here these cliches and these narratives and stuff a man trying to find uh his mother a woman trying to find her daddy or whatever but in essence that ain't got nothing to do with the mama and daddy that is the energy the energy is key energy is key is key a man wants to have that nurturing energy. He wants to have that 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 feminine energy so that he feels safe in that feminine energy where he feels that affection, that love, that nurturing and stuff. And then on the other side, a woman wants to feel safe in that masculine energy. She wants to feel protected. She wants to be able to to feel that that man is able to lead and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? She wants to feel that, that that masculine emotional support and vice versa, that that feminine that feminine emotional support. It just ain't got to do with physical aspects of things. This is about partnership. We want to feel that emotional, that physical, that spiritual and that mental energy. From the feminine side and the masculine side. That's what I'm saying, that yin and yang of things. You can't have no yang yang energy and no yin yang energy and expecting that you're going to have some balance to shit. It's not going to happen. Children that I have and the lack of help that I have with them. So it's like I can't necessarily be so nurturing to you when I'm frustrated at the amount of nurturing that I'm already doing. So therefore, I know I can't offer you that. I can offer cooking for you, but then it, to me, it comes at a price because if you're coming and you're sitting and you're eating my food and you're not providing any of it, I'm a fill away. So see, so a lot of these relationships, like I said, the root word of relationships is relate, relating. So it's all about individual aspects of things what am i what am i able to do to get something from this person am i doing this to get love from this person or i'm cooking this meal for you so what am i gonna get in return oh i'm i'm changing your tire or i'm fixing this thing in the house what am i gonna get in return i'm giving you this money what am i gonna get in return or i'm giving you this ass what am i gonna get in return relationships is all about individual individualism how are we relating and what am i going to get out of you but a partnership is working together we fully comfortable with ourselves we fully comfortable with the person that we're in a partnership with and we're working together to move along in life together now I'm offering you bitterness. That's not anything a man wants. Why would you want a bitter female? Well, I'm bitter because of my own merits. So it's not your job to fix the bitterness. It's my job to fix as, as much as I want to. What she say is not it's not the man's job to fix my bitterness, my resentment, my frustrations and stuff is my job. So like even though she's been living her life the way she's been living in, in the past, she's totally self-aware of what she needs to do now. And that's the key to be self-aware about where you are, to acknowledge and accept the way you are, and then change will come.
and to come to me ready, able to provide, work, and handle himself. I think that me as a female, I need to have my emotions in check because if a man wants peace, I don't have any because I'm frustrated. I'm bitter. I'm emotional. I'm upset. So I made this video because today I realized that I don't have anything to offer a man outside of good looks. And I learned that I don't want a man for just his looks. So how can I be so selfish and se and and only offer a bare minimum and expect so much that is some unfair huh that is some unfair shit that's what she left off on that video salute to her because she is she is going she is in her growth process <laughs> and that's what it is you know what i'm saying i can sit here all day long on the that that question i'm physically attractive what else do i need to give to a woman i know that i'm great at, at giving emotional support um it started off as me being a people pleaser, but by going through therapy, I understood not to not to be all up caught up into people pleasing to get something. I understand that it's important to first please myself, get myself right in order for me to have my cup full so when it overflows, I can give to somebody else. So I'm great at giving emotional support. I'm great at being there for you to work together i'm all for all of that you know what i'm saying i think that's a beautiful process you know what i'm saying i look at all the plants i got upstairs all that shit works together the soil the water the sun all that all that shit works together you have in order for things to grow everything has to be on the same page everything has to have the same intention you know what i'm saying so let me move on to this next clip. This is a very interesting one that I've had for shit for some years, honestly, for ever since last year, I think it was. So here we go. A man over the age of 30 years old who's single with no kids is a big red flag. Fellas, please listen to me. Um, any any woman who says that, that is a red flag. And please walk the other way. Number one, that means that a man is practicing safe sex. That's yeah. first and foremost, right? Number two, um, that means that that man is focused in on his career, right? Number three, it can mean that he's focused in on being financially fit, right? And building great financial habits for himself and that he's focusing in on himself spiritually before he decides to involve himself into any sort of commitment. And by the way, that's talking about a committed man. Now, obviously there are men out here who are just clear red flags and they're trying to dodge commitment. But for those that have their head on straight, you can't make a statement of that nature and then have men reading this and saying to themselves, oh, I don't feel like I'm enough because I'm deciding to wait on myself. There's not enough conversation about doing it the right way for us as men a man yes there are a lot of men out here i ain't gonna say a lot but there's some men out here that aren't focused on committing to to a woman or being in a committed partnership or relationship whatever term you want to use but i've heard this shit plenty of times like i say i'm i just I've, i'm 40 years old I turned 40 in November last year, so I'm in still in the early stages of being 40. <laughs> um, but, yeah, even before that, like, over the years, I've heard plenty of people, you ain't married, you ain't got kids, and you this age, you got your own house and all this other stuff. Like, they look at it as a bad thing, you know what I'm saying? But 
I always saw it as like that's just their fear. That's their fear. That's un- their uncomfortability based off of whatever they gone through, whatever they heard, whatever they've been told or whatever, what social media said that, excuse me, that's a red flag, you know what I'm saying? But then on the other hand, I had plenty of people that understood where I'm coming from. In my early 20s, early 30s, I wasn't ready to be no nobody's husband, nobody's father, anything. Because I had my own shit going on, you know what I'm saying? And when I say had my own shit going on, I'm talking about I was still struggling with depression. Still struggling with my anxiety. I wasn't even in therapy yet. I didn't start going to therapy until 2013. 2013, I was 31 years old going on 32 so yeah i'm at the point now where i i'm totally comfortable and ready for marriage totally comfortable and ready for kids but i i'm still not gonna settle for no bullshit i'm stronger and wiser enough to know that i don't have to do that you know what i'm saying and i'm in a better position to raise a child and to be in a partnership and work together with somebody. And I I think that we so focus on that push of what social media says and what society says that we forget the fact that we have to be self-aware. We also focus on these timelines of things that we feel as though that and I ain't going I ain't going to lie because even though I'm 40, I still have moments where I sit back and I think like, damn, I ain't married yet. I ain't got no kids yet. Like, I've had conversations with my therapists about this that, you know what I'm saying, they had to, like, say to me, you know what I'm saying, every, you know what I'm saying, every path, every timeline is different, you know what I'm saying? And and I've seen plenty of people who had, you know what I'm saying, I've been around them, had friends, you know what I'm saying, have kids at a young age and in their 20s and early 30s and stuff like that, that just wasn't able to have and they weren't emotionally mature or emotionally intelligent enough to actually raise a kid so i mean hey everybody path is different i know what i'm saying ain't gonna stop nobody's criticisms or judgments or anything like that but hey that's what it is but people gonna believe what they want to believe and follow what they want to follow so this world is filled with followers, people who don't know how to think for themselves. So yeah, it is what it is. Hey, I'm just I just gotta keep moving and and hopefully <laughs> my path and what God laid out for me that you know what I'm saying I'm gonna get married and I'm gonna have a kid soon and it's gonna be the right time and then all that other stuff, but. I definitely know for sure that if I would have been married earlier or had a kid earlier, it wouldn't have turned out right. I would have just been repeating cycles and passing down bullshit that was passed down to me. But I'm very much, much more mature, much more wiser enough to be able to handle these situations and in a much more mature fashion. Moving along. Um, I came across this, uh, I follow this page on Instagram, this guy, he's a, uh, uh, relationship coach, uh, dating coach or whatever. 
and he posted something he said uh i rarely he got a question from somebody and it says i rarely see guys stressing over finding love why does it seem like dating is so unfair towards women this was his response and i thought it was an interesting response his response was and he wrote his response he posted the question and his response was in the que- in the uh in the captions so this is what he said most men don't stress over dating like women typically do for a lot of reasons for starters most men are a lot simpler and easier to please than the average woman i agree with that most men just just are com- completely simple and they just want the bare minimum like it ain't you don't have to do too much to please a man the way that it, it has to be on the other side for a woman like uh, mo- most men just want peace most men want peace some good food you ain't even gotta be the the cook in the in the partnership or the relationship you know what i'm saying most men just want peace and some good sex and don't have to fight over no sex <laughs> getting no sex he also says men also view dating, love, and relationships very different than women do. Most men are perfectly fine with consistent sex and female companionship. I agree with that. Like, a guy ain't even got to be in no quote-unquote label of a relationship or a partnership or whatever. As long as he got consistent sex and some female companionship, he cool with that. And it's not that he going to be out here seeking it from other women at the same time but he most men don't care about titles or labels and shit like that like women do but that's all part of the program of you know what i'm saying social media society and all that other stuff so back to what he said falling in love getting married and having kids are all optional for most men i can't say that i necessarily agree with that because me being the man who i am I definitely want to get married. I definitely want to have kids. You know what I'm saying? So that's always been um, something that I wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Back to his caption, his post on his caption. He said, if they get those things, they will enjoy them. So, yeah, I agree with that. But if they don't, they'll enjoy the hell out of being single, too. I can't say I necessarily agree with that because the older I've gotten, And the more I've seen based off of how social media has introduced and amplified a lot of things, it's 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 a cold world out here, man. It's a cold world out here. And I don't want to be a part of this, this this crazy stuff that's going out out here and these narratives and these agendas and these mentalities that people have out here. I don't want to be a part of that shit like. Yeah, would I rather be single as opposed to just settling? Of course, yeah. I, I'd rather be single than settling. But I don't want to be out here running the streets trying to find um, companionship in the moment. I want to have my actual person that, you know what I'm saying, I'm in love with. We working on our partnership together and we moving along through life together. You know what I'm saying? Back to his uh, post. He says, most women are counting down to when they're going to meet their husband and get a ring from the time that they're children. I agree with that. I talked about that plenty of times. This is the program. 
This is the program that women have to go through from the moment that you were a kid, from the time that you watched them Disney cartoons and all that other stuff. You've been you've been known to think of yourself as being a princess, that you got to get a uh, prince charming and everything has to be a fairy tale and everything else. You know what I'm saying? So and I've talked about plenty of times how a lot of women well, some women out here always look at every guy that they meet or date as being the one. You know what I'm saying? Back to this uh, post. Then when you factor in peer and societal pressure, women have to be in a serious relationship or marriage and have kids. It begins to make sense why they're so stressed out. See what I'm saying? I've talked about this plenty of times. Nothing I'm saying is no different than what he's saying, what I've been saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and that isn't even taking into account all of the inaccurate things that they think about sex, love and relationships that create self-inflicted pain for them. What I talked about, we are our, our own worst enemies when it comes to dating relationships and partnerships. We are our own worst enemy based off of us being indoctrinated into these societal pressures and narratives and agendas and stuff so ending off on his caption he says so when you take a step back it makes perfect sense why women have drastically different experiences when dating than men hey what can you do but take into account and be self-aware with stuff all right so let me pull this clip up this is a clip that has came out on social media this past week and has gone a little viral. So we're going to talk about it. And let me relight my cigar a little bit. I've been having to relight, relight this cigar too damn much. The Yeah, this joint is too, the humidity on this joint wasn't good at all. It was got too much moisture on it. Crazy too, because it's a good cigar. All right, let me pull this clip up. Make sure it's queued up. Let me go. Remember my grandfather telling me, God rest his soul, before he passed away, that men have four different appetites that you have to tend to. He said, men are not complicated. He said, I'm just going to break it down to you. He told me, he said, men have a physical appetite, a visual appetite, a sexual appetite, and an emotional appetite. And for a minute, I really didn't understand it when I was younger, but as I got older, it really started to click. It always stayed with me. He said, physically, you need to make sure that you know how to cook. And if you don't know how to cook, then find out how to cook. And if you can't, then at least have a meal on the stove or in the stove. By the time he gets there, that's warm, especially if that man is taking care of the household. He said, it don't take a lot of work. He said, it don't. And I watched my grandmother do it. I watched her do it so I know that I'm capable. He said, a visual appetite. He said, keep yourself up. He said, if this man, if you're the only woman that this man is going to be with, at least keep yourself up. He said, because men need to still need to be stimulated visually. So that way they can crave you. He said, and yeah, he said. Let me stop. Let me stop the post. Um, I already talked about the, the food aspect of things. And it ain't, you know what I'm saying? It, the woman don't necessarily have to know how to be a, a Michelin star chef or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Just have a meal ready. You know what I'm saying? Most, like I say, most guys want peace. They want a good, a good meal and they, they want good sex. You know what I'm saying? Or stimulation. You know what I'm saying? And majority of men in this world and, you know, I always try to try to be, um, 
specific with my my word choice but most men the majority of the men love visual stimulation you know what i'm saying whether it's in the house going when y'all go out on dates or whatever that's why you see all these women out here you know what i'm saying getting the bbls and all this other stuff because that attention it that visual stimulation is key even when most men ain't paying attention to it women women feel the need to compete with each other on that visual aspect that's why all this stuff is going on with the booty shaking on social media the showing the ass and titties and all that other stuff whether they doing it in the wrong way or not you know what i'm saying that's that ain't got nothing to do with me that ain't none of my business you know what i'm saying i'm like martin you know what i'm saying I like my women to be classy, not showing off all the assy. <laughs> but yeah, physical, vis- vis- visual stimulation, you know what I'm saying? That's what we like. And we like a meal, whether you cooking it or not. Shit, we just want to, you know what I'm saying? We want the piece to be fed or whatever. And it ain't even got to be that deep, you know what I'm saying? Because I've. I'm always the like the best cook when it comes to <laughs> my uh my dating life or whatever in the past and and all that other stuff. But yeah, good meal, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It ain't even gotta be all perfect or anything. We we ain't asking for no chef or nothing. No mission, like I said, no Michelin star chef. But let me get back to the clip. But we definitely love that visual stimulation. You know what I'm saying? It ain't. And we ain't talking about all out in the streets. We talking about in the home and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Here we go. Love will still be there. He said, and although your looks will fade, you the one woman that he wants to look at. Give him something. Excite. Give him something. Excite him. Like I always say, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm more of the type of dude that, like, dress the booty. You know what I'm saying? I, I You know what I'm saying? You can walk around naked. That's cool and everything. You know what I'm saying? But dress dress it up you know what i'm saying dress dress the booty you know what i'm saying thongs is cool butt naked is cool but dress the booty you know what i'm saying you know wear some nice little uh um booty shorts some tangas some lingerie a, a nice little fitting nightgown or something like that to show your curves off some you know what i'm saying just just feed the man feed him just not even you gotta feed our appetites physically mentally emotionally <laughs> make him imagine something tease him right and then there's a second tease me tease me baby hey i feel like i want to play some keith sweat right now <laughs> my grandfather told me he said that yes visually you can stimulate a man he said but don't forget that men are sexual in nature he said, and so they're going to want to do what they want to do to their woman. You're the only woman that he's sleeping with. You're the only woman that he desired. Take some time out of y'all day. He said, look, if y'all got to share the responsibilities, share the responsibilities. Share the responsibilities. Partnership. Partnership. You know what I'm saying? We both do things in the house so that way when the kids are down, y'all both can bathe and oil each other down and do what y'all need to do. He said, that's going to help y'all connect. And then- help y'all connect. All right. One of the things that I love is um, non that's non-sexual, but is physical stimulation and connecting with your partner is taking a shower together. 
Y'all take a shower together after y'all long day of work or whatever. Y'all in the shower together. Wash each other up. Wash each other's back and stuff like that. That's non... It's non-sexual stimulation. It's being intimate. There's so many ways... There's so many ways that you can have physical touch without it being sexual in nature. Last one. He said, men do have an emotional appetite. He said, all men want to feel is appreciated, understood, heard. That's it. We want to be heard. We want to feel like we, we're desirable. We want to feel like we're understood. You know what I'm saying? Because going out in this world, like, as a black man, we don't we feel like that our only place of comfortability should be our home should be with our lady you know what i'm saying uh we want to feel like you know what i'm saying we we we're treated with respect and and all that good stuff because i'm going to touch on this in another episode but it's a lot of stuff that's that's been out here that that says like um women want to be want to be uh touched with love and men want to be touched with respect so we see our men men tend to see our 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 love or feel our love when it comes to respect being understood and and heard and and nurtured and stuff like that in a respectful manner as opposed to women want to have that that want to be uh want to feel that 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 love whether it's in action or you know what i'm saying and, and feeling and stuff like that so let me finish off the clip he said just listen to him you don't gotta talk much just listen he always told me that men are not that complicated he's absolutely right we really aren't that complicated <laughs> we really are because like i said men's focus are on on their purpose um being able to make money hold down a family and stuff like that so once we come once we leave from that outside world and come home to our significant other our partner and stuff like that we just we just want the simplest of things good meal to be appreciated to be heard to be understood and to have some good sex to be stimulated, you know what I'm saying? Is it really is not that that uh, difficult for us? <laughs> I thought that was a good clip. But what was interesting was um, I referenced this uh, this person that I follow on uh, social media a lot. He's a, a black male therapist, Bashaya Williams, and he made a good point about you know what I'm saying. All men aren't deserving of what that woman said in that clip. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's accurate. And that goes on both sides. You know what I'm saying? You That's why you have to have communication with people when you're dating them. You have to be intentional about the things that you want to get to know or the questions that you ask or the conversations that you have with the people that you're dating so you can eliminate and, and not waste your time. And you know how... I don't like to use that term wasting time, but when it comes down to it, wasting time comes down with the decisions that we make in life. You know what I'm saying? If I'm choosing to keep continue dating somebody who doesn't give me the things that I know that I actually want or need, then 
That's me wasting my own time. I can't blame nobody else but myself and vice versa. A lot of some women choose to blame men for the quote unquote wasting their time when that woman is actually making that decision to keep continue dating somebody who isn't giving them the things that they want. But also, we have to understand that we get all caught up into these cliches, these cliches and these narratives and these key, these these specific and key words of things, red flags, narcissism, gaslighting and all this other stuff. But a lot of times people just see anything that goes, you know, what I'm saying that's different from them, different traits or different morals or um, not morals, but different uh, personality traits and stuff like that. And look at it as a red flag as opposed to you just understanding that you're dealing with a person who is had a different background than you, has a different perspective on life, perceives things differently. But that don't make them not right for you. You know what I'm saying? That just mean that they have a different lens on life. <laughs> excuse me Dang. I talk about the partnerships all day long all day long partnerships 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 you're not gonna always agree with the person that you're in a partnership with or you're in a relationship with whatever term you want to use so you have to understand that people grow in different rates they grow in different speeds healing is is linear all things are linear everything ain't supposed to go the same way you can date somebody and they see things differently than you but that don't mean that they are bad for you they but just mean that they offer up a different perspective for you to see things in some of us be so caught up into our traumas our healing journeys our shadow work and all this other stuff that we that we look at things that's different than how we see it as it being bad. And that's something that I had to learn. I had to learn how to stop judging people or start stop looking at people in a bad way just because they gone through life different than differently than me. Or they choose to deal with their traumas differently than I do. You know what I'm saying? Because to be honest, a lot of us go through a lot of the same things, but we just see it differently. So that means we're going to deal with it differently. But that don't mean that they're bad for us or we shouldn't deal with this person and stuff like that. That just means that their timetable is different. Their path is differently. You know what I'm saying? But that don't mean that we can't walk together, that we can't work together, that we can't shed light on certain things to each other you know what i'm saying that just means that we're growing differently but that don't mean we can't grow together <laughs> you know what i'm saying differences is a part of life you know what i'm saying um you think about you know non-romantic relationships and when you go on to work and just anybody you meet on the street all things is about re- relationships when there's non-romantic you know what i'm saying everything is about how you relate to a person and everybody 
has different lenses, different perspectives, different perceptions on life and stuff and had to go through things differently. But that don't mean that everything has to be a conflict within that. You know what I'm saying? This post that came up that was uh, similar to some of the things that I've just been talking about says, yes, choose a partner that you won't want to change, but also learn to be so comf- comfortable in who you are that you don't need for anyone to be a bit more like you to really love them. You won't feel upset when they don't react like you. And that's life. You know what I'm saying? Everybody is not supposed to. We are all. And that that honestly, man, it is. This world has got us so caught up into everything. We so caught up into this common sense thing. And I have learned that common sense. Yeah, common sense is in common for the simple fact that. Everybody is an individual. Everybody is supposed to be authentically and naturally themselves. So we're not supposed to always agree on everything. We're not supposed to get along on everything. But that don't mean it has to be a conflict or a red flag or you ain't shit or I'm wasting my time or whatever the hell you want to say. We're just different. Everybody is supposed to be different. Yeah, you may enjoy similar things or connect on certain things or whatever but you're still going to look at things differently you're still going to see things differently you're going to feel things differently but that don't mean everything is a red flag or has to be a conflict man moving along what's next what's next i did this real about the top three things all right so let me preface this before i continue playing it this this clip is the top three things women complain about in dating and relationships, as well as the top three things men complain about in dating and relationships. So let me play the clip and we'll discuss it. That men complain about in relationships and dating. So it's only right that I let y'all know what the ladies be complaining about now. Number one, lack of consistency. I mean, you want her to be all in about you, but you can't even consistently call and text. In fact, the only thing you're consistent about is wanting to have sex. Number two, being emotionally unavailable. I mean, in fact, the only emotions you know how to show is insecurity and anger. All right, let me stop it here. Um, So you heard what he said, right? Um, And I talked about this last episode, how men, us men, we have to be more emotionally supportive with women. We have to... We have to get our emotional maturity and intelligence game up so we can be there and actually be connected with the women that we're trying to date. But he also said that, you know, what I'm saying that it's just men out here that's just trying to hit. And I say that. And like I said last episode, I would die on this hill forever. If I have to come back reincarnated, I will continue to die on this hill. That putting pressure narrative in the narrative that's out here on social media is bullshit because guys have been out here putting pressure on women for years just to get some ass it ain't got nothing to do with them trying to be in a in a relationship or a partnership with you that pressure can always be under the guise of something else the guise of just getting the booty (laughs) number three your inability to set boundaries with female friends and your mama don't shoot the messenger Okay, ladies, let me help you out for a second. I'm going to tell you the top three things that men complain about in relationships. 
Now, if you listen to these three things and your first instinct is to get defensive or to deflect, that's half the problem right there. Number one, not feeling heard. I mean, you ask for our thoughts and our opinions on things, but you really only care about it if it benefits you. Now, I'm going to stop right here. That is, that is damn true. Like, because of women being indoctrinated, this narrative and this agenda out here or whatever, it is put out here that men's feelings and emotions and stuff don't matter. So it doesn't matter what, how men feel, the things that they say, what emotions is going on with them. And this can go all the way back to the beginning of the episode with the Jaden and Will stuff like that. It's a lot of, it's women out here that choose to only care about what benefits them. And that goes to what I've been saying for the past couple of episodes, the relating relationship aspect of things, the individualism of things. A lot of women out here, uh, it's some women out here that are solely focused on the response to the response or the reaction to what they bring, what they're bringing to a man and how it makes them feel. And if it doesn't benefit them or it doesn't make them feel in a certain way, then it doesn't matter. And that ain't, that's, that's not cool. It's not cool. And you wonder why you keep having the struggles that you're having in relationships, dating, and partnerships. Number two, not feeling appreciated. I mean, just because we do the things that we're supposed to do, you've gotten so comfortable that you can't even say thank you. And where did this come from? Like, I, I've seen, like, even people when it comes to them raising kids, you ain't supposed to reward somebody for doing something that they supposed to do. Why not? That's when you. That's when I think you should be rewarding them, when they doing exactly what they supposed to be doing. But we... we 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 get so caught up into this these this these fucked up narratives that be pushed on social media and and when it comes down to it, like that post from a from uh Walker Fogg when it comes down to like social media talking about like um you got all these options out here and even when I was saying how that tweet that I posted about how social media is fucked up the the little things in re, in relationships and stuff and. We always look at things, oh, well, he's supposed to do that, so, yeah, whatever. But that's when you're supposed to be rewarding rewarding people. And it, and honestly, when it comes down to it, this goes, that, that rewarding stuff goes down to the relating and the relationship. People get so caught up into doing things in order to get something in return. And that shouldn't be what it is. Like, if you're in a true partnership and a healthy relationship or partnership then if you doing the things that you generally want to do to show appreciation for the person that you with or or just you know what i'm saying just just doing something to be to to be nice or to to show your love because a lot of times we get so caught up into love being a feeling yes love is a feeling but it's also an action so what are you actually doing to show your love for somebody and your appreciation for the things that they give to you and just how you feel about them? You know what I'm saying? Not in order to get anything in return. Oh, 
you know what I'm saying? I'm so in love with her, man. I know she loved, you know what I'm saying, this type of coffee, this type of tea, or she liked to go to this restaurant, or she liked this certain gift, or this this outfit, or she liked massages or something. So I'm just going to do this for her because I, I'm so deeply in love with her, and I just want to show my appreciation for her. It ain't about getting nothing in return or anything like that, but that's where we are. That's where we are. Back to the clip. Number three, not feeling desired. Men don't want to always have to initiate sex or have sex on your terms. Hey, what I talk about on that last that last clip with the uh, woman, black woman talking about, you know what I'm saying? Stimulation. And this, this ain't just a one-sided thing, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm not taking no sides, you know what I'm saying? I can only speak from my experiences, but this ain't about taking sides. And... Both man and woman have to stimulate each other. We have to understand each other's natures. You know what I'm saying? We have to understand each other's natures, each other's love languages and stuff. And that all goes down to communicating, being intentional about your communication, being intentional about being in the relationship with each other. But a lot of times men don't feel desirable. We don't because we look because from what we've been programmed to look at it as that only women are supposed to be chased, pursued and desired as if men don't have any type of feelings, emotions or nothing. You know what I'm saying? So moving on to the next thing. Um, yeah, but I. I talked about this before. Um, it's this book that I bought called Conscious. Um, what's the name of the damn book? Conscious. The, the book is called Conscious Loving. And then that book, I'm still reading it. I haven't finished it yet. But what they talk about is a lot of times that um, a lot of people get so caught up into, you know what I'm saying, their trauma, their history, the things that have been um, put on to them by somebody else, society, family members or friends or whatever, that a lot of things that they do in when they're dating in relationships or partnerships is unconscious. And they're living they're living through trauma or they're living through somebody else's narrative of how they live their life and their experiences and stuff that a lot of people who are in a lot of men and women who are in relationships aren't consciously loving each other. It's always this conflict based off of the trauma that they gone through or the trauma that was placed onto them based off of a cycle from their good, good girlfriends, their mother, their grandmother, their aunties, their boys or their father or their grandfather and people aren't really in a a true committed relationship. You know what I'm saying? Most people are, aren't committed to their significant other. They're committed to their victimhood or somebody else's victimhood that was passed on to them. You know what I'm saying? Another clip. Let me pull this up. Real quick, having some technical difficulties. Uh, 
here we go this next clip the this clip is titled grandma gives relationship advice first uh -huh. you have things in common you could talk about politics religion you could talk about families what kind of children that you like don't like things that you intellectually agree with you know when you're sexually attracted to somebody you're not thinking about what they like if their mother's a dope addict because they uncle had uh if they uncle was uh, some kind of disease in the family uh you're not thinking about those things you're wrapped up in sex Sex is what, eight, ten minutes in the bed, 15 at most? After that, you're going to get out the bed. But when you get out the bed, what y'all got in common? You're going to argue about money. He like pork, you don't. He's a Muslim, you a Christian. All them kind of things, you need to find that out at the beginning to see what you have in common. If you don't have things in common, sex ain't going to hold the marriage together. If you get married because y'all just like to have sex and be in the bed, that ain't going to work. Because he can get to bed with other girl, too, and have fun. Y'all got to have a tighter bond than sex. And it has to be intellectual. And I talked about this over the past couple of episodes. It's, it's easy to go out here and get along with somebody. You can go out here and just have things in common with somebody on a certain level. And that's easy to do. There's plenty of people out here you can go out here and have a good time with. But what actually can you go deeper into is are you actually having conversations with this person and figuring out if you if you guys uh have the same morals or if you can work with the other person's morals or values or if you know what i'm saying if if you agree with how they look at things or how they they see relationships or partnerships and stuff like that you know what i'm saying it's easy to go out here and get a have a good time with somebody for a specific moment but how you know what i'm saying think about beyond that you know what i'm saying because it's, it's plenty of women out here i know i can go have a good time with at the bar or go get something to eat with or hang out with but do i actually want to be around your ass more than more than one day you know what i'm saying do I actually feel comfortable spending time with you? You know what I'm saying? Or is it just me passing the time or being social or something like that? <laughs> it's easy to get, you know what I'm saying, to have sex with somebody and get a nut off and something like that. You know what I'm saying? But what what's beyond that? You know what I'm saying? So after we have sex, so um, is do I want you to leave the house? At, am I able to chill with you or am i able to have a meal with you or something? i don't know if i'm able to have a fucking conversation with your ways that's why i say it's easy to just be physically stimulated with somebody physically attracted to somebody and just want to get some ass but what's beyond that do i even actually want to spend time with you do i want to be around you can i stand to be around you <laughs> that's grandma for you you know what i'm saying Hey baby, you know what I'm saying? These days y'all y'all don't know how to be in a be in a relationship. You know what I'm saying? Y'all just be out here just doing whatever. <laughs> so here we go, another clip that I got up here. Three intentional dating questions. Of course, these questions are not asked right off the gate. First thing that you are saying to someone. But as you start talking. Key thing that she said with this was you don't have to start asking this person this shit off the break. Because let's be honest. 
Like I said, I choose my I try to choose my words wisely, but it's a lot of women out here that try to rush things based off of social media and, uh, you know, what other people think and how things have been indoctrinated. They'll try to rush shit. You know what I'm saying? And guys just aren't like naturally guys aren't like that. We don't we don't typically rush stuff when it comes to dating and relationships and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So everything ain't got to be rushed. You know what I'm saying? Last episode, I talked about things happen naturally, organically. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of women mess up their... Excuse me. Damn. A lot of women mess up their their chances in their dating lives and being in relationships with partnerships and stuff because they be trying to rush stuff. Everything is rushed. And they don't understand that they've been taught or indoctrinated to think that way or to feel that way. Some stuff just ha- You can't sit here and say that you believe in God and all this other stuff or whatever you're doing. You believe in the universe or if you irk about doing it out here with the sage and incense and stuff and you still trying to force everything or trying to control how things happen. You know what I'm saying? Let me get back to the question. Someone and you start thinking, well, I wonder where their head is at. Let's figure out. Number one. What's your end goal with dating? Or, what's your desired outcome with your dating experience? Number two. Tell me what your flaws are. Particularly the ones that didn't help that last relationship. And number three. Outside of my looks, what attracted you to me? So, number two, she was like, um, number two, she said, uh, what was number two? (laughs) That phase. That's why I'll be I'll be be telling myself to stop these clips in the midst of my thoughts. But number two was um what are your flaws and how that affected your last relationship? My last relationship shouldn't have nothing to do with what we got going on here. Yes, we can talk about flaws or things that I feel that I need to work on. That's fine, you know what I'm saying? That's cool. At a certain point in us dating, yeah, that should come up, you know what I'm saying? And that also you should also be um, in a position where you are able to recognize these things. But, yeah, you should also want to uh, date somebody or or be in a relationship or partnership with somebody who is also self-aware and able to point out these things and communicate these things. Because in the process of you pointing these things out and communicating these things, then. The other person knows how to work around them or to not take things personally or how to help you get along with things. That's how, you know, partnerships work. But number three, what was what the hell was number three? Damn, I don't want to rewind this shit. Um, what the hell was number damn? I'm going to have to rewind this shit. What the hell was number three? Three intentional dating questions. Of course, I'm these so- questions are. I'm sorry that I got to rewind this shit. Let me see. Um, number three, number three, number three, number three, number three. Side of my looks. Okay, yeah. She said, what attracted you to me besides my looks? Honestly, I mean, let me see. I guess it all depends on the the environment that you actually met this person or you actually dealing with this person. Because if you just seeing somebody on the street, then... Of course, the first thing is going to be physical attraction, and that's the only thing you can go off. 
But if you may be working with somebody or you have some sort of outside relationship with somebody where y'all have mutual friends and y'all hang, hung out together with each other, then yeah, that that initial attraction could go beyond physical, but it, it ain't not always going to be just that. You know what I'm saying? But the more and more y'all get into dating, if it's just started with physical attraction, then you can answer that question. But I don't think necessarily, you know what I'm saying? But she already pointed out in that clip that things don't have to, these questions don't have to be asked off the break. So, yeah. Let me, uh, let me move. Let me see if it's. it might, I might be done, honestly, because I'm about to be up on two hours. It's. It's still a lot of, it's still some stuff that I have for this episode. I'm trying to see if I even want, if I want to save this for another episode or what. Let me see. Um, Yeah, I, I might can just save this shit for another episode, honestly. Because like I said, it's always going to be a relationship, dating or love or marriage or partnership topic is always gonna be something so i think i can save this shit honestly because um uh yeah i, I yeah i'm i'm gonna end this this shit here, honestly man yeah because honestly like i say i'm tired of talking about well putting the sole focus on this but it because it's always gonna be something it's always gonna be a relationship topic it's always gonna be a dating topic always gonna be a marriage topic a sex topic or something like that because that's where people head is at now and that's what's typically being the main focus on social media and right now social media is king you know what i'm saying before we had social media everything has been about the news but now social media is out everything is about social media so i'm just going to end it here and let me uh pull up a, a song so yeah, you can catch a Taste to Consider podcast, a Taste to Consider podcast on Instagram. And my main page is also on Instagram. If you check out a Taste to Consider podcast, you can uh, find my main page on that. Most I have all the majority of my follow, followers, all of my followers are on my main page. I use my main page for uh is basically my foundation for the podcast page as well as my uh mental health blog page greatest.i.am.blog on instagram greatestiamblog.com on instagram also my merchandise page my merch merchandise website a taste to consider.com as well as a taste to consider on instagram um check that out it's a lot of people that be going because I get the stats. I, I see every time like I get the stats every week of it be so many people that be going on my website. Look at the merchandise, but don't buy nothing. Come on now. How y'all going to do me like that? <laughs> but you can find me on Spotify, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher and YouTube. Yes. A Taste to Consider Network. I will be having new content besides the podcast coming to a Taste to Consider Network this month, April. So be on the lookout for that. I will keep you um, up to date on that. But follow a Taste to Consider podcast on Instagram as well as follow my main page. Um, my main page is let me pull that up. My, what's my main page? Um, 
My main page is Mr. Mr. Dot I dot am underscore on Instagram. But if you can't find it in the search, I mean, it's a public page, but I mean, yeah, but I collaborate my a taste to consider podcast post with my main page. So, you know, what I'm saying you can find me on Instagram, also on Twitter, a taste to consider on Twitter. And uh, also check out the UNU network on um, Twitter as well as Instagram. On Instagram is you. Let me make sure I get the uh the page right. It's you a n d u underscore network because I be messing up the page sometimes and all the podcasts is part of that network. Um, yeah, so I will be having um new content to my YouTube page coming soon. I've been putting a lot of ideas together. But some of the new stuff will be coming uh, this month. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure when you um, listen, if you're streaming the podcast, if you're streaming the podcast, make sure you um, download the podcast, listen to it, and then delete it off your phone. Uh, also make sure you rate and review the podcast. You know what I'm saying? I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed all the previous episodes. You know what I'm saying? Before you finish listening to this podcast on YouTube or on whatever streaming service you listening on, leave me a review. Make sure you like, make sure you share on social media. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate all the people who have shared each and every episode. Um, Continue to like, share, you know what I'm saying? All that other stuff that helps me get my stats up. Because, hey, I'm independent out here. And the way I, the way I feel and what I know is I'm one of the best podcasters out here. So I need y'all help. If y'all are a fan of the show, I need y'all to help me push, you know what I'm saying? Push this shit, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. We ending this episode. I'm going to end it with another Marvin Gaye song in honor of his birthday. And let me see what I'm going to pick. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Uh, I'm always conflicted because I'm such a Marvin Gaye fan. Let me see. Let me see. Let me just let me just close my eyes and pick some. Okay. Yeah. It's a Taste to Consider podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver. Hey. Taste to Consider podcast. Yes, indeed. Say sick and sit up
Podcast of many tastes. Yes, indeed. Enjoy your week.